Welcome back to your next stop. This is Juliette Hahn. You know, I say this every single time, and this is another guest that has followed a passion and wait until you hear the pivots and the turns and the amazingness that Candy Fitzpatrick, who is an inventor, you guys know how I love inventors. She is in the inventor of rest angles. So welcome Candy to your next stop. Hi, Julia. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm excited to dive into this, but I first want to let everyone know where they can find you. They can find you on basically every bit of the social medias, uh, of the social medias, the social, uh, the social media networks. So Facebook, it is Rest Angles and it's R-E-S-T-A-N-G-L-E-S. Uh, Instagram, it's Rest Angles, but then LLC. LinkedIn, it's either Candy Fitzpatrick or Rest Angles and Pinterest, it is also Rest Angles. So Candy, I know you, um, we connected on LinkedIn, actually. We did. Yeah. Through another guest that I've had on, another inventor. Yeah. yeah. And so I became fascinated with your story because your story is, again, it's one of those, it's one of those stories that someone maybe has aspirations, but they don't have the guts to do it. So I want to kind of dive in a little bit um, about you, a little bit of your background. I know you grew up in New Jersey and then you moved to the Midwest and you uh, stayed in the Midwest for college. Um, that is correct, right? Yeah. Until I was 10, I lived in Jersey and then we moved to Minnesota and then I went to college in North Dakota. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Right. And so, and, and, and now you're in Alaska. And what I love about that is you just told me it snowed. So like everyone, like I, I just love when, you know, seasons change, but like you're getting snow in Alaska already. We're just, I mean, I still have a tank top on, but it's, it's, it's getting cooler here in New York. But I, one of the things that I would love for you to kind of dive into, and I'm going to, this is maybe going to take a little different turn than I normally do, but I do know your story. Um, and so there's things that I want you to touch on. And one of them is basically that you had a list in high school. And one of those goals was for you to be an inventor or to invent something. Can you take us down that a little bit and, and where that kind of curiosity came in? Um, I guess it started. Probably in elementary school, we had to do a project, invent something, and then they talked a little bit about it. And I did a craft paper drawing of a horse saddler that hands came down from the ceiling. And um, ever since then, I was like, well, inventing, what is that? And I've always been curious about it. And then one teacher in 11th or 12th grade had us write a list of big dreams to do before you die. And one of it, one of my lists was invent something. And, and I, you know, even subconsciously after not looking at the list for years, I've done a lot of those things and I checked them off and then I'm like, invent something. Yes, I need to do that. And so I have. <laughs> and I love that. And I would love for you to tell the listeners a little bit about when you went to college, what you studied and, and then where that took you in your, um, kind of your journey in, in the world of, of working outside the home and doing all these different things. If you can kind of give us a little background on that, what you studied in college and how that came about. Right. I, well, I went to University of North Dakota in Grand Forks, which is a huge aviation college. And I went there for aviation. And um, my degree is bachelor's of business administration in airport administration. So I really clung on to the aviation side of that and did that for 30 plus years. And now I'm using the business side, but that was over 30 years ago. So it's, God, so it's like starting over really. But um, yeah, so the aviation side took me all over um, Tennessee, Indiana, um, and then to Alaska. And then I went worked in Antarctica 
in the aviation side as well, which is why I came up with the invention because I was traveling to Antarctica. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, and when we're going to get to the invention in one second, because, but the thing that I loved and I remember from your story is that you had places that you wanted to visit. So you kind of went to, like when you were studying aviation, you said that you always had a bit of a fascination around it. And then when you realized what you could do kind of in the world, you didn't love to, to fly, right? You, you kind of decided that early on. Yeah. You can take us through that a little bit. Yeah. So I went to college to become a professional pilot, but I had to pay for college on my own, which was a struggle <laughs> constantly. Um, and, and so when, and to graduate, to graduate from a, with a degree in, at UND in aviation, you had to get at least your private license. So I did that. And as I was doing that, I realized that I didn't love it. And I think you should really love it before you spend that much money to further your, um, flying career. <laughs> but I really liked the aviation side of it. And luckily, I was offered a position as a dispatcher at the flight school there. And I just stayed on that path for 30 years. I mean, thank goodness that that was available. And I worked there every semester. Um, I, it was a work study program. I worked there every semester that I was there and was just involved. And I was like, I really love this. And so I I took that path and just kept doing different jobs. And well, what, what, what did you love about it? Cause I think it's, you know, fascinating. And I know I have a lot of moms and dads that listen to this, but you know, one of the things that some of us that have kids that are, you know, going into their senior year or going into college and they're like, I don't know what I want to do. And, and really the education system kind of teaches you about like, here are the jobs, but there's so many different careers out there that we don't think about, especially if we live in certain parts of the, you know, the world or the United States, you don't hear about like, okay, aviation, or you don't, I mean, of course you hear about it, but you don't realize that there's a, a whole path that you can go. What kind of, um, what was that, you know, fascination do you think early on that you decided, you know what, I want to explore this and see where this can go? Well, I guess it started with my dad who was a private pilot in Jersey. And so I didn't live near him, but maybe that influenced me a little bit. And I went on a college visit with a friend. Her sister was going to the University of North Dakota. And I saw that they had this big college there for aviation. And I was like, that's what I want to do. So I was in 12th grade and knowing I wanted to go to college, but not exactly sure what I wanted to do. And, and then when I went to the school and saw it, that's what I wanted to do. But, you know, the big jobs are pilot or flight attendant or mechanic, the ones that everyone sees. But then there's all these other little jobs in aviation, like the, the ramp rats and the ground handlers and the dispatchers and the weather person and all these other jobs you don't really think about that are all related to aviation. And there's there's so many opportunities. And, you know, maybe the guidance counselors or the parents don't know that these jobs exist, but you just got to put your foot forward and and see what else is there. It's right. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's a good career because one of the things that I love that you said is that you love to travel. So as you were kind of diving into this career, you realized that you could maybe be like, wait, I would like to live there. Let me see what I, you know, what jobs I can get. So can you take us kind of through your path of all the places that you were and then how you ended up in Alaska? Yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting question. Um, to put it in chronological order, when I was in college, I took a course about how to be a better student, which I really needed. And there was a blurb in there about Fred, Fred Smith and FedEx. 
And then I really wanted to work for FedEx. And so I did an internship with FedEx in my junior year. I took a year off and went down there with my best friend. Um, we both got internships. And um, so that was in Tennessee. We did that for a year, went back to college, finished up. And then I went, they hired me back in FedEx in Tennessee. And then um, they opened up the hub in Indiana. So I moved to Indianapolis, which is where my best friend ended up too. So that was awesome. And, um, and then from there, I was traveling all over the U.S. all the way, you know, I was keeping track of all the states I'd been to. And I was working on doing all 50 D.C. and Puerto Rico. And um, so I did all of that. And I wanted to do that so I could pick the place that I wanted to live. So I did all 50 states, D.C. and Puerto Rico, and then picked the place I wanted to go and live, which was Alaska. So I transferred to a job that paid less and not in aviation. I was a customer service agent and a courier for a little while there, um, just to move to Alaska, which it's been wonderful. It's been over 30 years now. It just was a good decision. And then I, I was able to get a job as a dispatcher for the Forest Service in the Tongass, which is the largest forest in the nation, <laughs> Tongass National Forest in Southeast Alaska. And then I transferred up to the Chugach Forest, which is where we're at now. And it was a seasonal position. So that's where the Antarctica part comes in. In my off season, I went to work in Antarctica. And I love that. And what do you think? Um, because there's people that love to travel and they maybe they love the idea of traveling and then they do it. And then, you know, that that's like the bug that got them or or they saw a movie where someone traveled or they grew up kind of going on different travel events. So what where do you think that you got that travel bug? Definitely from my mom, who's very nomadic. <laughs> And uh, she's originally from Finland, her and her family, and they immigrated when she was young. And But she always tried to, she loved traveling, and she always tried to have us go on um, trips, driving trips. Man, she loves to drive, <laughs> drive, drive, drive. And, uh, and so even though we didn't have a lot of money, we still fit in the like camping trips at the KOAs across the country to go visit relatives in Wyoming or wherever they happen to be. So I think maybe it comes from that and just driving. And, and then once I moved out of the house, I drove a lot across the country, all the ways, many times. And uh, I think maybe it comes from that. And then I really wanted to do international travel, but I, I wanted to do the 50 states and all that we had here first. And, and then when I was 25 or 26, that's when I took my first trip overseas. And then it just went from there. Right. I love that. So now I want you to get into rest angles. <laughs> because <laughs> okay. I want the listeners to know, because here's the thing, a lot of times, and I know I've been that not everyone's like this, but I know that there's been times in my life, uh, particularly when I was first having children, that I kept coming up with these ideas. I was like, Oh, you know, what would make this easier if I had something like this? Is there anything out there? And there was never anything out there. And I would start there's because I'm fascinating with inventions. And I always um, was fascinating. It's not that something that I ever wanted to pursue, I don't think, but I always loved coming up with the ideas and then thinking about it. And then I think the next steps is kind of where I was like, eh, I don't I don't really want to do those next steps. I love just coming up with the ideas. So if you can take kind of the listeners through, because again, that's where a lot of inventions come from. They come from our our real lives, like things that we're doing and we find a need for ourselves. And then it's like, well, wait a second, if I have this need, maybe other people do. So if you can take us through kind of the invention and the creation of rest angles, that would be great. Right. Well, it's interesting that you say that because mompreneurs are like 
they, they, you guys come up with great ideas. It's awesome. I'm not a mom, but uh, so the products that you guys come up with, I'm like, well, I never would have thought of that. <laughs> I'm not a mom. And I was like, that's awesome. Go with it. Go, go do it. <laughs> but um, so rest angles. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Rest angles came about because um, when I was flying from Alaska to my job in Antarctica, which I did for 10 years, um, I'd get off the flight in Auckland, New Zealand, pretty much not able to walk because my legs were dangling off the edge of my seat. I'm a shorter person. So um, I couldn't get comfortable and it just pain in my back and my hips. And I'm not the only one by far that has this problem. And uh, so I started using different products to help me with that. And so I used a cardboard box for a while. And then I had a, a prototype made that was made from plastic, uh, fabricated from plastic, and it had leather hinges and rivets. And, and it was it looked like a Harley type of thing. And the guy that helped me do it was a Harley rider. So I'm like, I see a lot of you in this. It came from my brain, but the design is you. Anyway, so I used that for seven years and it was super heavy. It was like two and a half pounds, but I needed it. So I used it. And a lot of people said I could use something like that traveling. And there are other products out there. And I think there's room for all of us in the space. They all have different purposes. And uh, so I tried those and, you know, and I had this one and everyone's like, oh, I need something like that. And then in 2017, I was finishing up my aviation career, like retiring from that. And it's really nice to not worry about weather every day. <laughs> Just really nice. And uh, so that I could work on rest angles. So I started taking short contract jobs, working on ice roads and stuff like that, which I really love doing admin jobs which are really hard by the way. <laughs> and, um, and, and so that I had time to work on rest angles. And so then we, I had some people help me redesign it. And now it only weighs 12 and five eighths ounces and it folds flat. It looks like this. So, um, yeah, I want to say, cause I know also, um, you have a carrier case for it as well. So you make it where it doesn't have to just slip into your luggage. Um, you make it really, really, you know, really smart, all the different things that you, you know, can create with it. Do you want to open it up so we can oh, see? Yeah. So you can use it in two different wedge and that helps you stretch your legs. And this is the four inch and you can also flip it like this for seven inches if you want your knees to be above your hips. Right. And so if you can take us through that, like the, the proper posture, cause I know there's times where I'm sitting and I'm not, I'm, I'm an average size woman, five, six and a half. Um, and I used to be five, seven and it'll shrunk a little bit. So anyone that's listening, they're like, wait, no, you're not. <laughs> yes, I am. Now I'm five, six and a half. Um, but there's certain seats that I do, you know, have sat on that then my legs go like a little bit numb and all these different things. So I'm thinking like, not just for airplanes, I guess that's where it came, you know, because of your career, that's where the idea came from. But I'm sure that there's many different places that people can use it at all times and not just shorter individuals, right? Can you take us through that a little bit? Right. So popliteal height is the distance from the bottom of your foot to the area behind your knee when you're sitting. The average in the U.S. is 15 to 19.9 inches, but the average chair seat height is 17 to 19 inches. So there's two to four inches of dangling room. And maybe your legs aren't exactly dangling, but you can feel the pressure on the back of your knees, which affects your lower back and your hips and your legs, your feet, everything when you're sitting so if you raise your feet up, then your knees also go up, which is at a better angle for your hips. So with rest angles, if you put your feet on the edges here, your knees will automatically go a little to the sides. 
So like a V shape, which is better for your hips when you're sitting and, um, and then, and then your back follows suit. So like I was saying, if you wanted your knees above your hips, you can use it like this. So that's seven inches so that your knees are a little bit above, but still at an angle. And that feels good for people. Think of your lazy boy chair when you're kicking back. Right. And again, it's something that we don't always think about, but think about people in offices all the time sitting, you know, that's why they created the standing desk and all these different things. So again, uh, something that you needed through flying in your career kind of blew up to something that it's like, okay, it's not just for this. And it's not just for that. Really, when people are sitting, they're sitting all day, and especially now after COVID, you know, or people are sitting at home. So maybe they don't have the, the best office chair because they're not in the office anymore. And they're using chairs that, you know, they're pulling from the dining room kitchen table, and it's not that comfortable chair. This is a solution for that. So can you tell everyone, even though we, we brought up in the beginning, you know, restangles.com, but, um, what they can see when they go to your website or other places. I know that you are, uh, you have some local stores as well, but mainly people can buy uh, rest angles online at your website. Correct. Yeah, that's mainly it right now. And I, I do local markets in Alaska right now. And then there's one store in Albuquerque, New Mexico that I, we have an account with. So we're working on more wholesale so we can be in more retailers. Um, and that I want to get into maybe live shopping. Um, market.live maybe i don't know <laughs> working on that um so but right now the main channel is restangles.com and i would just wanted to say you were saying about um being tall and it's really if you're tall and you have a shorter popliteal height then you still may benefit for rest angles and I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up and i forgot to touch on that a little bit and it's and it is for use for everywhere like restaurants movie theaters and offices, like you said, your home office. And even if you're at your desk at work and you have to go into the conference room and somebody's sitting in that one chair that it's comfortable for you, <laughs> you can now bring rest angles and hopefully that'll help you out too. So I'm glad that you brought that up. So true. Yeah. And you can just slip it in your bag, slip it in your briefcase. It's not like it's it's too bulky. It's light. You can, you know, it's not going to cause you then to have shoulder issues because you're carrying it. I mean, you really thought about all of the, you know, the different aspects to make it really convenient for everyone. If you can take us through a little bit of, okay, so you had the idea and then you said you used boxes, you, you, you know, created something more on your, your own, you know, terms. Did you have like that person that you would kind of run ideas by or was this all like in your head and you would just jot it down? Or do you work with like, you know, you have that one friend that or, or a husband, you're like, hey, I have this idea. I want to brainstorm. Do you have that person in your life? And how do you work there a little bit? Well, my husband is extremely creative and can build anything. But I, I decided to go with uh, just giving him a little credit there. Um, but I worked with, uh, the Anchorage makerspace, which is two hours from my house. And, um, they had someone there that was working, could do design stuff. All the makerspaces are different depending on who's there. And so I had two guys who were both super tall <laughs> help me in the beginning. And, uh, you know, I helped, I also contracted with them to help me start the business and learn about that. Cause I didn't know how to start a business, even though I have a business degree, <laughs> um, yeah. So um, I've always been really creative and doing art all the time. Something my mom was, she's really good at art too. She always had us doing art and I do art all the time. And so in my head, I had an idea 
And then they helped me with the design and they said, maybe this, maybe this, maybe this. And I'm like, let me think on it. And this is how I work. I, my, I do other things for two weeks and in the background, my head is thinking about it. You probably do that too. Um, your head is thinking about it. And then all of a sudden you're just like, aha. And so then I came up with the de design and they helped me put it into a CAD and all of that stuff. And then from there, um, we had prototypes and all kinds of cardboard, wood with duct tape, all kinds of different types of prototypes there. And then I went to um, a place in Fairbanks and they helped me out in an engineering place there. And they did CNC routing of my first um, my first proto prototypes with the actual manufacturing. So it's really, it's heavy and it's like deductive taking away plastic. Well, this is injection molded, which is adding, adding plastic. So um, I always need the math part done by someone else because this person does not do math. <laughs> but so the, but this is important because that's what I want people to hear because someone might say, oh, I'm not creative or oh, I'm not good at math or oh, I'm not good at this. But you, if you have the idea and there's things that you're really passionate about, about this idea and it keeps coming up to you because that's why I want to say to people, sometimes you get an idea and then it goes away and you really never think or see it again, right? But then there's times where it just keeps kind of coming up like, oh, you know what? I need to look at this. Explore it. Go out and find the people that can help you on the things that you don't know. Because again, as you said, you had to have a business degree, but starting a business is very different. It's even, you know, applying for an LLC. I remember when I had to do that, it was, you know, more like different than I than kind of anticipated it would be. And so asking for help or, or looking out, you know, out in your kind of surroundings about, you know, people that can help is really important to kind of just like bounce those ideas around. Because again, there's going to be people that have, we all have strengths and weaknesses. Everyone knows they hear me say this all the time. We all have strengths and weaknesses, but to know your strengths and weaknesses is really important to know where you can fill in for your weaknesses is, um, is what's just going to make you more successful. So, um, I love that you kind of did that path and, and you had the, that support system that helped you, but then you just kept, you know, moving forward. And I know that you have, I mean, that you, how long has Rest Tangles been around? I want to first start with that. Um, well, the first unit that weighed two and a half pounds, I had that made in 2010. Um, and got a design patent on that in 2013. And then the actual one that we have now, we've been working on since 2018. And then I finally got our first production run of these very units last year in April. And then this year in June is when we got the packaging, the, the tote bag made from recycled plastic bottles and stuff. So now we have a complete unit. So it takes much longer than you think it's going to. And it costs a lot more than you think it will. Just be prepared. <laughs> so... Right. And that's, and, but that's important for people to hear because again, it's like when you're doing things, you want it done now. And a lot of us, especially in, in, in nowadays where, you know, we just want things to turn around. It takes a lot of time. And sometimes that is really important because there's things that are just going to make it better. And you're going to have your kind of your ducks in a row. Um, there, you know, there's times in, in life that we don't need our ducks in a row. We need to fly, you know, out kind of out of that line. But then there's certain things that you kind of really do need your ducks in a row to make something successful. So can you tell us through, I know you've um, won um, some things with, with with rest angles. Can you take us through a little bit about what's happening right now? Um, I just on last week won um, a pitch competition in Seward, Alaska for Alaska Startup Week, which is done every October here. And um, it was it's really fun. It's hard for me to get up and talk in front of people. I have done it before, 
but it's been a couple, like a year and a half. And so it was actually really fun. I'm like, oh, finally, I'm starting to enjoy this. <laughs> but that's t- it's a long process. If you're in, I'm a, I appear to be an extrovert to the people that know me, but I'm really an introvert. So I have to try to do these things. It takes me a lot of practice. And um, this time I didn't practice so much. I made new slides and then I kind of just had my outline and I was like, oh, maybe that's how I should be doing this instead of always trying to hit my points you know, because they don't know what you're going to say or what you were going to say and you missed. So um, I did a lot better, I think, in that. So I was like, no, oh, I'm still figuring out the speaking in front of people. <laughs> right. And 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 what do I, I mean, this is what I, I know my listeners have heard this before, but sometimes it's really important, right? There's times where you're like, oh my God, do I need to add that? Do I need to add that? But you're so uncomfortable adding it because you keep forgetting about it. And you're like, it's just not as comfortable to add you know, I don't know. And I don't even, can't even give you a a real specific, but then there's times that you can talk about things that you get excited and people can hear the tone in your voice. They can see your posture. They can see that you're, you know, genuine and vulnerable and authentic and all these different things. And that's, what's really important when you're, when you're presenting, sometimes the things that you stumble on, you know, yes, you can practice them to get better, but if it's something that's not, it's not a natural thing. Sometimes if it doesn't need to be in there, I would take it out and just kind of speak from your heart and go up there and have a little bit of organization. But when an audience can feel the um, kind of the, the, the genuineness of someone speaking is when you start kind of hitting those points and, and and getting those, you know, wins in there. Because again, stories connect us. And, and when you're on the stage and you're talking to people, if you're, rigid and, and, and nervous and, and, you know, kind of like just stuck in the thing, it's going to come across and you're not going to connect as well with that audience, but it is a craft and people don't sometimes don't think about it, especially if it's not something that you're naturally, you know, God didn't naturally give you that. Okay. You're up there, the extrovert, you know, talking and talking, you can be an introvert, as you said, and kind of just know what you're doing and, and your passion is going to come across. So when you're passionate about something, those are the things to really, really tap on and tap into, because again, that's going to connect with the audience at a, at a different level. And so that's amazing that, that you felt that and it worked and, you know, and, and you got to that next, next step with those guys. I mean, that has to be such a, a great feeling. I mean, tell us after, you know, you heard that it was you that won. Kind of what were the emotions well, going through you? A funny story there. Um, someone after my pitch, someone bought a rest angles and I had them in my truck. So I had to leave the coffee art house that I was in. I was like, I'm going to be back in one minute. And I ran out there to get her unit that she bought. And I ran back in there and they're like, you won. <laughs> like they had already announced it. And I wasn't <sighs> in the room. I'm like, oh, me? <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, it was gone for like a minute. <laughs> Anyway, always make the sale, right? Wait, that is so fun. <laughs> yeah, so um, they handed me the card and people were already breaking up and walking out because we were there like 25 minutes later than planned. And, and I'm like, oh. And so I talked to all, I got to talk to all the judges and get their input, which was, they also saw my business plan, which was something I really struggled with for quite a few years. <laughs> Again, I have a business degree, but that's not something you learn really for that. It's like entrepreneurial stuff is different than business degree stuff. I realize now, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I mean, it was interesting to hear what they had to say and they gave me contacts. And so the 
the um, the networking part of it was great. And it was a small venue and really comfortable because it's Seward, Alaska, and it's a small town, and it's just got this artsy feeling in there, and it just felt really comfortable in the space. So. <laughs> and uh, I just want to say that you are great at talking to people, and I admire that about you. Oh, thanks. I mean, it is one of the gifts that God gave me. Um, we all have our strengths and weaknesses, and thank goodness I, <laughs> I do have I have this as a strength. I mean, it is. It is. Uh, it's something that it, it's one of those natural things, but I still have to work at it. I, but I've also gotten better because I've done so many podcasts. I mean, your next stop has over 300 episodes. YNS Live has, I can't even think of how many. And then Word Blindness, which is the new podcast, we're on episode nine. So it's, you know, I, I do this and I've been doing it now since 2019. And I, I definitely have gotten better as you see, which is fun. Anything you do, you kind of get better. So, I mean, Candy, I love this because I love I love being able to share with the listeners stories from all different levels. And I think the ones that are, are sometimes my favorite are the ones that, you know, you just had this dream and you're like, you know what, I'm going to do this. And and you went out and went for it. And I think so many people don't go out and and go for it because of, you know, fear of failure and they don't know what it's going to happen or they don't know what to do and they're nervous to ask someone. Where do you think you got kind of the grit to be like, I'm just going to keep pursuing and moving this forward. You know, they always say a lot of how you are as, a, as an adult is a result of what happened when you were a kid, right? <laughs> so I was extremely shy in junior high. And for some reason, the, the whole school decided to hate me <laughs> on the same day and sent me notes about, we hate you, you're a tag along, blah, blah, blah. All these things, basically bull bullying. And um, one day in the lunchroom, I was not doing well. It was like the lowest point in my life, probably seventh and eighth grade. And uh, this this girl, her name's Kelly, Kelly Brown, Cusick now, she saw what was happening and she walked up to me and she invited me to sit at her table for lunch. And I sat there and I was shy. I probably didn't say a word. But every day after that, she checked in on me. She became my friend, basically. But um, she really lifted me up from, she didn't know all the troubles I was having, but she checked on me every day. And so from her, I learned confidence and just how to navigate the whole strangeness that is junior high, especially when you're a girl, right? So, and then, you know, she helped me along just being herself, everybody should have a Kelly in their lives. <laughs> so I've had a few Kellys in my life. And, um, but it started with her and from her, I gained confidence and learned how to do, um, you're an introvert, but be extroverted so you can have friends or this is, you know, just be yourself and you'll have friends and stuff. It was just interesting when I look back on it. So, you know, by high school, I was in cheerleading and I got to be snow days queen, which was like a huge honor. I was like, what? So, which is like, it's like homecoming, which we had homecoming during football season and then snow days during basketball. So I was able to learn a lot in those years, which basically started with Kelly and just gaining my confidence from that and um, always wanting to make everybody like me, which has fallen off a little bit in my 40s and 50s because it's, it's exhausting to have everybody like you or try to make everyone like you. You're not for everyone. That's <laughs> what I keep telling myself. And so with social media, 
I feel a lot of the same things that happened in junior high. Like if I put something out there and no one likes it, I'm back in junior high. If someone puts an angry face, I'm back in junior high. If someone unsubscribes from my email list, definitely back in junior high, especially if it's someone I know, all those feelings come back and I'm like, I just need to, you know, I need to um, embrace my inner Kelly. <laughs> so, um, and so even today, things that happened back then still creep in. And I can't even imagine being an adolescent in today's world with all the social media stuff that happens, but um, more power to you. <laughs> I'm ra raising three of them. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I appreciate you sharing that because I think it's important, you know, and you know, it is important for people to hear, like, if you see something, say something and help, right? Because people can be mean. A lot of times people sometimes are not even aware what's going on because they're so into them, into themselves. So the fact that Kelly was confident at that time and was like, wait a second, I want to help is really beautiful. And yes, don't worry about social media. There's so many algorithms and what you're doing and sharing your story and, and creating things and making things. There's people out there that are looking like, Oh, why can't I do what candy can do? So, um, and you know, living a life of knowing what your path is and where you are and where you, you know, where you have been and all the different things is really the most important thing. And the inspiration that you're giving people by just talking about, Hey, this, these are the things that I've done to kind of get to that next step. And now you're, you know, an entrepreneur and an inventor and selling a product and winning awards. I mean, how, you know, amazing is that? So, you know, we all have our story, but we can also rewrite our story. And, and again, finding the inner love is really important. And I know it sounds sometimes so hokey, but you have to think sometimes people will be like, oh, that person doesn't like me because they didn't say hi. And I always will say like, you don't know what's happening to that person. Did you say hi? Like, I don't even, if someone doesn't say hi to me, like I will make sure I say hi. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't think about like, oh, that person didn't say hi. They must not like me because I'm like, they could be going through something right? I'm a nice person. Why wouldn't someone do it? So kind of changing that narrative in your head is really important. But, you know, I appreciate you coming on um, and sharing your story, your next stop. And um, you guys all go to restangles.com, go to all the social media and, um, and like, and just, and, and look what this is. Cause this is like a fun gift you can give someone. It's something different. It's something maybe not everyone has seen. And it is, uh, it's something that's going to help your back and your body. So like, why not? So thank you again, Candy, for joining your next stop. Well, thank you, Juliet. It's been really fun. And you guys know what to do. Like, rate, review, and share. And you might have listened to the story and been like, oh, that's so interesting. But you don't know who needs to hear it. You don't know who has an invention in their mind and is a little stuck. They don't know what to do. And they need a little inspiration. So again, share this with as many people as you can. And we will see you for another episode of Your Next Stop. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends, and join in each week. 